Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever it may be. They're going to do everything they can to make sure you're fully insured. They're going to do everything they can to save you money. Update policies. They're the pros, pros. Great people who are great professionals. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA will be at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club on Wednesday, August 10th. Enter your team now. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So you went out and you got your kids a three and a seven. That's a good that thing. No, you, you can you can mix it with all the no, new. Also number no, two, of course. There's, there's no modern players you wanted to. Yeah, there's ninety nines. Luke can now say yeah, all yeah, right. But, but but yeah, but he won't be a Yankee next year. <laughs> we'll see about that. They still got I mean, some if time. He's, if he's suddenly in Oakland A or it's like all rise, kids gonna be wasting his time. I mean, you're teaching him the wrong things. He may be someplace else next year. We'll cross that bridge if we have to get to it. We might as well cross it now. He's gone. <laughs> Could you imagine that happens? All those stupid things you're teaching your kid. This is not going to go. <laughs> Not only that, I have to get rid of my jersey. I have an Aaron Judge jersey. Oh, jeez. You're like the suit. You have the jerseys, too? Yes. Of course oh, I do. Oh, God. I'm a jersey guy. I've always been. Oh. Oh. I hate that rule that adults have to stop wearing jerseys after a certain... No. Everybody should wear a jersey. You should be... To me, you should be in uniform with your team when you're watching them. Now, I'm not saying I do this every night, but playoffs, yeah. Big games, yeah. Eagles every week, I got my jersey on. That's how you should roll, in my opinion. Okay, time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Ten seconds now. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way at the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. And they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. Yeah, that's a great call. The Avalanche Radio Network. See how excited announcers get when when they actually like announce for a team that wins the whole thing? Yeah. It's been a while since you heard that, isn't it? 
right. Um, well, it's been in this case, it's been five years since 2017. Yeah, one team. Yankees been over a decade. That's true. Fl- Flyers four decades. Oh, wow. Sixers. Yeah. The Sixers, I mean, goes back to the beginning of the adventure of the game. Yeah, let's just not go there. <laughs> I mean, you got you. Yeah, I mean, you, kids like singing the Sixers song, and they get eliminated in the second round again. Song gone. All rise, feel a twinge. Big player gone. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! <laughs> and I saw the picture of the two kids in the lawnmower. I mean, really. Do, <laughs> I mean, do we have to call the authorities? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> hey, if they like it, they like it. Well, what can I say? Oh, please tell me it was off. Please tell me the spark plug was disconnected, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Place. Yeah. All right. That's basically become a shop class tool now. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right. Let's bring in Mark Wogan, RichSI.com. Mark, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, as always, Steve. Good to talk to you. Good to talk with you as well. Yeah, we're coming up on one year of name, image, and likeness officially. That'll be on Friday. Uh, Gene Smith brought up the at least the thought of maybe the schools should have more involvement in this. What is your thought on schools being more involved in NIL? I think that might uh, help some of this situation because right now you've got college football coaches and athletic directors, not college football coaches, but coaches everywhere. Um, athletic directors, stakeholders in the universities, everybody is dipping their toes as far into it as they can, but they're limited what they can do. It's almost, you know, like coaching restrictions that you get so many hours with players and, and then uh, so many people who can work with them, so many people who can go on the road, that sort of thing. But if you outside of that, if you're inside this, uh, if you're inside this uh, kind of NIL bubble in your, in your institution, and then outside of it, the mushroom cloud can grow infinitely. Um, I don't think that's good. That doesn't achieve any balance. And maybe giving, you know, athletic departments, the stakeholders inside, more control over that might wrestle some of the control away from those outside agents who are causing some of the issues. Yeah. I mean, when you're getting stories that a quarterback who's going to commit to Miami evidently is getting $9.2 million or something, it's getting more money than Tua. <laughs> to a place for the pro team. Some of the, yeah, some of the NFL rookie deals are probably going to, you know, guys signing rookie deals saying, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. I, I could have stayed in school? <laughs> exactly. That's why I looked at Kofi Coburn in Illinois who didn't get drafted, and nobody expected him to get drafted. All right? I'm thinking, he could have stayed and made some coin. They, they love him there. But, yeah, but you're right. I mean, what is that telling everybody? Exactly, it's upending the it's upending the cart of every part of this. And now, I I think a lot of these stories are what draw us into NIL. I think for the most part, overwhelmingly, I think it's probably working as it was designed and intended and should. I mean, I, you know, I was following along last week at that NIL summit, and it just seems like a lot of really smart people got together 
and brainstormed a lot of really good ideas for how to grow this sustainably and responsibly. That being said, um, there's always going to be a segment of any business market you know, that is going to try to grow something, uh, you know, like I said, in in a mushroom cloud form, or grow mm-hmm. something exponentially when it, you know, to, to to quick buck, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that's where some of this comes in. We've had a discussion before about ROI. Um, yep. What's the return on investment yep. for investors? For some people, it's it literally is. I want to win a national championship. So the dollar value or the, the amount of money they're going to invest in this does you know matters to a point, but it doesn't much matter. Um, you know, as long as they're winning. If they don't, then they then they reinvest that money in a new coach or something like that instead right. of the NIL. Right. No. Exactly. Uh, and. I agree with you. I actually think for the most part, the part that we never talk about because it's not sensational, for the most part, I think it's actually worked quietly for a lot of the athletes out there. Think about one of the great deals that I thought it was so creative, and this is a really good business move on both parts, um, was regarded Will Levis, the quarterback, the former Penn State quarterback at Kentucky. He signed... An NIL deal, NIL deal with a horse farm, you know. Yeah. So he basically has, you know, like he has a represents a horse. You know, that's a great bit of marketing yeah. there. That's a really smart bit of marketing. There's, you know, Nicholas Singleton at Penn State uh, just a couple of days ago, and I put the story up today at the All Penn State uh, website. Little plug there. But I talked to the CEO of the company that signed in the Pennsylvania company called West Shore Home. Mm-hmm. They felt it was a good branding idea to go between them. And so they, you know, they signed a deal there that's like an in-state player, uh, you know, endorsing and doing, uh, you know, kind of a branding deal with, with a Pennsylvania company. Those sorts of things are really going to work with, you know, athletes in any sport endorsing, you know, energy drinks or equipment. That's all the stuff that we, you know, we wanted to see, but, We've gotten now, we've gotten agents involved. So when you've got agents and people who cover college football, similarly to what agents do who, you know, cover professional sports, they're going to leak some of the uh, maybe more uh, egregious, not egregious, but maybe the more salacious terms of any deals that are involved to try to get them, you know, to kind of brand themselves as well. Agents are, you know, agents are in this market now too, uh, for better or for worse. Right, exactly. Live for Life's going to be on Thursday. Uh, first time in three years. Yeah. Like everything else, first time in three years. <laughs> so, there, so I feel like every time I turn around, so first time in three years we're doing this. Uh, I've always felt it was like the unofficial start of like you feel yeah. you're getting closer to whatever. Uh, you know, what have been your thoughts over the years just of the event itself? I mean, I go back to the days when Scott Shirley was mm-hmm. there and he ran it, and it was just such a brilliant idea. Yeah. I mean, just going way back and, and how, how it evolved. That would evolve from just this personal thing of wanting to do something to the idea of, hey, let's, let's lift weights and have, like, fitness competition, essentially, um, in order to raise money for, you know, the time kidney cancer awareness, and and then it blooms into uplifting athletes and chapels across the country. Just that kernel that that blossomed into something terrific. Um, 
to benefit the rare disease community. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't praise enough what Scott Shirley has done, and now I guess Brett Brackett is in, is mm-hmm. uh, yes in charge, and the former Penn State receiver there is in charge and working with it. I, I just, you know, it's such a terrific organization. I also was always struck initially when they would do this is you're bringing football players. You said it's kind of the unofficial start, but some of the stuff they would do is kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, if you're talking about out of season, I guess, you know, honestly, I, I know they're training, that sort of thing. I know they're lifting weights, but, you know, you know, the tug of war competitions and the, you know, lifting tires. And I think they did like the, you know, the giant sandbag tosses or whatever, all these sorts of things. Yeah. I'm watching this going, you know, worried about somebody tearing something there or twisting something there, you know, just in the back of my mind. But it was always just really good fun to watch and I thought it was also a good a really good um, kind of Penn State community event too I mean going back to the days when it was at um, the old even you know like the old lacrosse field or yeah. Alaba Hall that mm-hmm. people came out and it was a good it was a good way for them to get up close with these guys and uh, you know see new players and that freshman I don't know if they're going to do it this year but that freshman um, kind of kids clinic yes. was fun to watch too it was fun to watch you know Saquon Barkley was interacting with couple of you know five ten year olds you know back then you always see the freshman players doing that and a lot of them seemed um you could kind of gauge even then you know who's really involved who's taking this seriously who's really uh, participating in this and who seems to be dismissive is that i mean can i draw a parallel to how you know how engaged they are then with the team and does that get them on the field faster just little things like that that i would watch over the years but look for life well no I, and i always thought that was important and see this way why i find this more important than ever we just we started out with name image and likeness mm-hmm. now we're up to a part where the players themselves uh, for charity have organized all yeah. this themselves and they're not looking to get anything out of it except to help out the charity and yeah, just to live, to give, right? right right to give because all the stories and they're all the big money stories i mean we hear mm-hmm. right where the players are, are this is their their deal of giving back and i think that's an important juxtaposition especially on considering the next day will be the one year anniversary of name image and Lawrence. right exactly and and it's still student run. It's still entirely yes. student run. Um, you know, Cristol, the long snapper, president's going to run these. You know, gonna, going to run it. I mean, you know, the presidents who've been in charge of this over the years, um, players who've been in charge of this over the years, uh, going to do some some really impactful things and raise a lot of money. I think they're up. But what a million and a half, I think. Yeah, uh, that they've raised uh, just you know the Penn State uh, uplifting athletes chapter, and then the creation of those chapters across the country. To see them now being able to uh, restart uh, their in-person uh, live for life and and you know other fundraising uh, opportunities coming out of this is really good. Uh, how anxious are you to see uh, what the TV deal looks like? And I'll ask you this: Just um, does the does the Big Ten need ESPN to be a part of it, or can they go can they go without them? I just it's such a brand that in my mind I think they need it. They might not. I mean, I just came back. I spent a week at the U.S. Senior Open. 
um, yes. out of Talking Valley Country yeah. Club. Great event. Yes. And it's back, you know, all the USGA events are now back on NBC, where it just seemed like it fits better. Maybe their coverage mm-hmm. is better, you know, but they have the U.S. Open was on NBC, that sort of thing, than it was on Fox. And you maybe you might have asked that question, does the USGA need NBC or need Fox? Fox made that huge deal, and it just seemed like both parties really did not get what they want out of it. Now, right. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how, if that, you know, could the Big Ten kind of do the same thing if there's just a big, big money player that comes in and just overwhelms them with cash, like the, like Fox did, you know, with uh, USGA Golf, could the Big Ten turn toward that instead of, re, you know, instead of realigning with ESPN, which is still um, at least in our mind's eye, the college football, I think the college football destination, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, primarily for the Big Ten. I mean, I know they're getting bigger games with Fox, and we all know, you know, uh, CBS and the SEC, that sort of thing. But going into the playoff and the bowl games, still was ESPN, ABC. So I, I think maybe just from a brand perspective, they might. But you know, other people, you know, people younger than me, are you know, seem to be able to find these things, mm-hmm. uh, seem to be able to find the, the broadcast wherever it may be. And if streaming services want to engage more, um, they, you know, to engage more with this public, maybe they would get a, you know, they would enter this deal or perhaps ESPN in order to try to, you know, uh, sell ESPN plus. As a, as a bigger platform, might come over the top and say, you know, we need uh, in order to retain our you know, our market share and the, and 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 hands that streaming service, we're going to need to be part of this deal. Right. The only element to me about not being on ESPN is mm-hmm. their ability to put whatever entity it is on ignore. <laughs> they've, had, yeah. they've, they've had that. They've had that ability. But I also think if they expand, right. uh, but I also think if they expand the college football playoff, I think there's a good chance ESPN loses exclu- exclusivity on that because of the number of games, and you get more money from multiple partners. So yeah, so they but, might not be able to afford it right by itself. Uh, yeah. And but I also think you need multiple partners to do it. Yeah. So to me, that it, does that become a wash because they'll need somebody like a Fair, Fox yeah. maybe to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. And you made a really good point that I hadn't. I hadn't quite got to or hadn't really thought of yet, but yeah, ESPN, you know, can you know they they can ignore the Olympics pretty well when they do not have <laughs> yes the rights to the Olympics. So and uh, so you wonder where does where does uh, you know where does Big Ten football go without ESPN? Right. Um, I mean, ESPN, you know, College Football Game Day still is the marquee show. So what happens if it's not going to be in in Big Ten markets? Which it you know without a contract, I would think it might not be there as often. I have to ask you about the U.S. Senior Open since you just mm-hmm. went to Saucon yeah. Valley. Um, a, what was the turnout like? And you know, and Padraig Harrington won yesterday. Uh, you know, was there? That's one that Mickelson should have been playing in. I mean, he should have been playing in the U.S. Senior Open. Yet he has not played in the U.S. Senior mm-hmm. Open for for whatever reason. What was the vibe at Saucon Valley? 
It was good. It wasn't as good as it was. I mean, I mean, I go back to the 2000 Senior Open in Saucon Valley. Yes. And I was there, and that had huge crowds. But that was a, one of the different market, I think, at the time. Golf was a different market. And that tournament was, I think, as good as a legends field as you're ever going to put together. And that tournament had Jack Nicholson, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, Lee Trevino, Tom Kite, Tom Watson. I mean, Hale Irwin won it. I mean, it was just overflowing with, like, golf names then. So they did not match that turnout. They had a really nice collection of players there. And, I, you know, the crowds were okay. I mm-hmm. thought they were pretty good. They had a nice festival atmosphere with it that was really interesting. They created kind of this festival theme in – an open space uh, on the course between holes that you that had been used for corporate hospitality, and during the practice rounds they had a band playing. I mean, the USJ kind of, I'm surprised they allowed this kind of thing to happen. First of all, but I think they like to test some of these ideas at the Senior Open, and then and then bring them about. Um, there were really good crowds following around, like Rockwood Mediate, and then yesterday Padre Carrington in the last group. But I think overall probably didn't reach what they wanted um the reason that uh, Saucon Valley bid on this I mean to bring bring it back to Phil Nicholson the reason Saucon Valley bid on this particular uh senior open is because Phil Nicholson was eligible I mean they put the bid back in three or four years ago and he was a guy they targeted um and you know obviously I I think all the other circumstances regarding him and uh you know his comments about like Saudi Arabia and then switching to live golf and his self-imposed perhaps uh, uh, you know act uh, or self-imposed like uh, absence on the PGA tour I would assume made a difference the other thing is that I wonder if you know because of where the US Open was at Brookline and Saucon Valley was you know it's five hours away they had it back-to-back weeks and I think that limited the idea that I don't know if Phil would have played anyway because he probably would have, you know, entered the U.S. Open thinking I have a chance to win. So I don't know if he would have entered the Senior Open, uh, you know, same thing to play back-to-back weeks. I think the only player in the field who was at both was Jim Furyk. And he had a bit of a rough start, but then weather was an issue, but played, you know, okay uh, on the weekend. It's a great event. I, I think there's a relaxed atmosphere there. You know, guys sign... They really participate with the crowd. They really kind of, Rocco's, you know, fun to watch. These guys are just fun to watch. It's competitive without being in, you know, that intensity of a U.S. Open. And I think that that they 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 do a really good job of of relaxing a U.S. Open. Yeah. I think at a Senior Open, they've already had their success. You know, Padraig yeah. Harrington's mm-hmm. a three-time major winner for goodness sakes. Yeah, you know, Bernard Longer. You know, is is won a couple of Masters in the course of his career. The guys in that field have, you know, they're probably looking around saying, "Hey, I'm 50 to 60, and they're still paying me to play golf. This is pretty cool." I think there's, right. there's a lot of that attitude. At least when I've been around them, that's the attitude I've always sensed. Yeah, it's a dichotomous attitude too, because you have that, and then you have the guys like there was a player from New York. I wrote about him. Uh, today, his name is Rob LeBritz, and he's a club pro for 30 yep. years. And he said, "I'm going to go on. The, I'm going when I'm 50. I'm going on the senior tour." And he won their Q School, which is an unbelievably difficult thing to win. It's like five players get Q School, their senior, you know, Q, like tour cards, senior tour cards, PGA Tour champions cards, as it they're, you know, officially known. Coming out of their Q School, it's unbearably difficult. He, you know, T4 played well, was a huge fan favorite. So you get those kinds of 
players out there. So you get this really nice mix on that Champions Tour. And then on the flip side, you've got, you know, Steve Stricker making a run on Sunday, over, you know, you know, nipping at the heels of Padraig Harrington. What was the last two thing that they were most, you know, famous for? Being the Ryder Cup captain. Right. Which, you know, you can always – you can take things back um, and always kind of, you know, reflect on some legacy. Padraig Harrington eagle the par five on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He had a five wood. And then he remembered that. He didn't, like, compare that to a five wood he hit. It was 2008 um, at Birkdale. Um, when he, he yeah. eagled the par five, too, yeah. sort of thing, and like that club literally is hanging in the Burkdale. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, and like the clubhouse at Burkdale. and he's like, you know, it was, it wasn't that shot, but it was still pretty good. So, if as a golf fan, I think one of the the, the great things about the Senior Open is that it gives you perspective um, on what these guys have done in their past, and you get to see them. You know, they still bang it out there. There's no doubt about it. And it's a great venue. Saucon Valley is a yeah. great venue for oh, it. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Great place. venue. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only one I wish, and I know they can't do it because the property would not allow it, because it's just not. Yeah. Love to see Pine Valley get it once. <laughs> but they can't put yeah. any. There's no place to put any stands or anything like that. It's a very. Yeah, there's no place to put anything anywhere. It, it's a tight, <laughs> tight property. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. A lot of fun as always. Uh, great to talk with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Dave. Hope to see you this week at the Live for Life. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll come back. Matt uh, has a series of complaints in the final half hour. But we don't know if a half hour is enough to contain it all, but we'll try on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. They'll do everything they can to make, make you sure you're fully insured. Bundles, whatever it may be, they'll do everything they can to save you money. It's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street. Somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. They're the pros, pros, the best in the business. And don't forget about the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, August 10th at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. That uh, will benefit the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA, and uh, you can get your um, 
the uh, they're going to uh, have plenty of teams there, and it's a great cause to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA and the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. We'll have the show out there. Suit will be out there, and that's because he'll be off his eighth vacation of the year. Talk about perfect timing, huh? Yeah, it was bad timing. I'm disappointed I won't be able to go this year. I had this already I had this vacation already planned before I knew the date for the tournament this year. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes eleven and fifteen Humble's Wharf Online at SunburyMotors.com. All right. Um, so you don't you don't like baseball's unwritten rules. Your guy Judge is going to be with another team next year because the Yankees can't afford him. No, not that they can't afford him. That's why it's that's why it'll be one of the biggest mistakes in franchise history. Nobody will out, ever outbid the New York Yankees. It's just they don't want to pay him. If that is the case. Well, it could be worse. It could be uh, like the Pirates where they just won't pay anybody. And that's why um, the um, the Pirate situation is so poignant to me. But, uh, you know, again, I... With all due respect to the great Clemente, he deserves the, you know, all the honors he's received over the year with the great players and humanitarians ever. But the the it's sad when you're trying to get traction with what you have on the field now when you don't have the fans connecting with what you have because you don't keep it. You know? By the way, the Tigers-Royals game yeah, in Detroit that Peacock is going to have, which means nobody will see it, uh, will have MLB Sunday leadoff host and in-game reporter Ahmed Farid, along with Craig Monroe, and Brittany Yurton taking fans on a tour of Comerica Park throughout the game and no announcers for the game. It'll include a quasi-stadium tour, enhanced audio, unique camera positions, conversation with guests and Detroit superfans. So streamers will get a chance on a different presentation setup like Apple TV's been doing all year, although I haven't seen Apple TV. People have complained about it. But but there you go. Um, No announcers. Like that that Dolphins game a few years ago in 1980, it was uh, brutal. It is brutal. 
And that's the last time the NFL did it. They said, uh, this isn't working. It's one thing that's people have always asked me forever about doing TV and radio. I've done a lot of TV in my career between Big Ten Network and WPSU and so forth. I've done a lot. And it's good. I mean, it's, I've always said it's a producer-director medium, and it's good. I mean, it's, you know, nice paycheck and everything that goes with it. But, man, I love radio. I, I love the radio part where you're just sitting there and you are trying to create pictures and paint pictures with words. And I know TV is great because you get to see everything. And there is a fine line as to how much you tell people versus what they see on TV. Radio, you get to do the whole thing. It's just, I, I thoroughly love TV. And I've done, you know, last few years I did some TV baseball to go with all this. And you know what my first thought was when when it was overdoing TV baseball? I get to do radio tomorrow. I just love I just love the radio part. Plus, I mean, I look so much better on radio. All right, so um, get the lingerie on the deck. <laughs> call the janitor. I look way better on radio. Uh, the spikes, by the way, had something happen on Saturday. They went over in a little bit more than fifteen years. This is their sixteenth season. They went over two million in attendance on Saturday. And the lucky fans were? Well, this is what they're doing. They are drawing one fan, which they did Thursday. They drew a second one Friday, a third one Saturday. This Friday, they'll draw a fourth. Saturday, they'll draw a fifth. Okay, so it's Sun- coming up. Sun- gotcha. Sunday the third, they'll draw a sixth. And then they'll take one. They'll pick one from the season ticket pool. And one of those seven fans will be the commemorative two millionth fan. Right. That's right. And, and that person will get season tickets for life they get to be in a luxury suite once a year for life and they also get $200 to spend in the team store right I, I knew I knew the whole giveaway special was coming up but I, I thought it was this weekend okay no, no, so we're getting they're there gonna, they're going to do it in conjunction with the 4th right. of July weekend yeah. they're going to have the human cannonball there Dave Smith yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean the dude does get shot out of a cannon um <laughs> Which is great. Unlike the suit, he has a net. So, <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells falta. And then on the 4th of July, the team's going to be on the road on the 4th of July, but they're going to have 4th Fest there. He's going to do the human cannonball thing again. Which is cool. They're going to have it. fireworks on Sunday. I mean, it's, it's all the fun stuff you're looking for. Um. It's all the fun stuff that you're looking for. Um, the and that's what makes minor league baseball fun. I mean, Williamsport does an awesome job with their presentation. Gabe and those guys do great, great work. Um, I mean, State College has a few more advantages than Williamsport does. It's just you know, it's the way it is. I mean, things you, you know, that aren't under your, you know, 
you have no control over. But that's that's uh, but they went over two million, and they did it in fifteen plus years, fifteen plus seasons. This sixteenth season, that's great. They're at like two million one thousand three hundred fourteen or something like that. That's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good, especially in a market this size. All right. Anything else you hate right now? No, I'm good. I'm good. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm sure. Well, no, I just want to make sure that, you know, if we need to talk you off the ledge, we can do it. (laughs) No. Had they had the Yanks gotten swept over the weekend, then yes, but no. Well, well, they weren't going to get swept. I mean, they won the game the other night. Yeah. Yeah, they almost lost three out of four. In other words, if this were a a postseason series, and they were going down to Houston tied, you'd be panicked. Uh yeah, I would. You be. would be panicked. I don't know about panicked, but I'd be a little worried. Yeah. No, you'd be panicked. (laughs) I'm just telling you. You know you would be. Pacing back and forth. So so you're like the suit. You wear you wear jerseys. I do, yes. Now, I could see, like, wearing a T-shirt. But you want to be on the uniform like they wear uniforms. Yeah, I, I have always and always will be a Jersey guy. Yeah, but they always trade all the guys, or they, they leave in free agency because they can't stand playing for you. <laughs> I've had some bad luck lately, and I thought I was on the right track, but maybe not. Because I do have... If Judge does go, hopefully that won't happen. He's, but if he does go, I, I, I do have I, a pinstripe jersey with no number or name on the back of it. So I at least always have I, that. I I do not think he's going to go, but Buster only thinks he is. Yeah. So I you know it's not, now everybody writes their own opinion pieces. I got it. I did see that about Buster. Well, I I can't picture it, but yeah, that's just me. I'm the but, same way, but. So I got my back up there. And then for the Eagles, I don't have really any local – I don't have any current names right now because I just don't know what team the direction is headed in. But I have my Nick Foles Super Bowl jersey, and I have other – I have a Brian Westbrook jersey. I have a Donovan McNabb jersey. So I just do work a little rotation with them for games. Sixers, I have Joel Embiid, so that's all well and good. I don't wear – like I said, I don't wear my jersey every game, but playoffs, yeah. And actually, I just got a Tyrese Maxey Jersey, so we can add that into the mix next year. And uh, Flyers, I don't really care about at the moment, so there's that. (laughs) Okay, I have nothing. Okay, um, so. Remember one time Scott Fitzke gave me an actual Philadelphia Stars game-worn jersey. I, I never wore it. It's, it's in the 
I, I was put in the closet. I was like, okay. Yeah. It was nice of him. I mean, I appreciated it. But, but yeah. Like, after a while, especially if a team plays every day, doesn't this stuff start to smell? I mean, I always make sure I wear my jerseys with care. Like, I try not to eat while I'm watching a game, and I make sure, and obviously, if it's if I got sweaty in them, then yeah, I'll wash them, but I try not to wash them as much as I can, just so I can, because I get, think I messed up a little bit in the wash. So I'm just extra careful with the jerseys. Boy, it's a sad conversation. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. In an ever-changing world, one thing you can always count on is the service at Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season. While the world is constantly changing, Purdy Insurance is dedicated to providing you with the highest level of service to protect you, your family, and your business. Give us a call today at 570-286-5855. Go to our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. That one's drilled deep to left field. Going back, Diaz looking up. See ya! A walk-off three-run home run for Judge. And the Yankees win it. The Yankees go from no hit to no way is this happening again. A dramatic come-from-behind victory. And the Yankees split four with the Astros. You, sir, are my hero. Uh, where are the highlights of the no-hitter? That was on Saturday. It's old news now. I mean, where are the highlights of the no-hitter? <laughs> All the plays together. To the kind of Man. series that it was. Yeah, it's okay. In 2018, when the Red Sox were great, they got no-hit by Sean Manaya in Oakland in May. It happens. That was one of their 54 losses. So. Yeah, the Yankees had, like, the longest streak since 1961, along with, like, two other teams that won the World Series that year, too. I forgot who the two teams were, but. Talk about being no hit? Yes, being no hit past, like, 15 innings or whatever. Well, they were no, yeah. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. They They passed the record. They passed the record that's been set by two other teams that won the World Series since 61. Well, you got Oakland. Yeah, that's nice. And just the... Uh, <laughs> Not going to lie. Just the breather you need. Because, boy, it's boy, it's tough playing good teams, isn't it? Oh, Yeah, God. it is. So now you get to go back to your regular schedule. All right. <laughs> it was the 1973 A's and 81 Dodgers that had hitless hitless inning streaks end at 16. Well, they both won. Yes. Boy, I hope you get a hit tonight. I'd hate to see you pace back and forth and sweat up that jersey because you don't wash it. 